there, and we're continuing a series entitled Coming Soon. And I'm using that theme as it were. You'd go to a movie and it says Coming Soon, and there would be previews. Let me ask you a question. If you could see your future, what God has for you in a trailer, if you could just see what God had for you in a coming soon moment, if in 45, 120 seconds, God could just give you a glimpse of what he's going to do, can I tell you, you would be primed and say, yes, God, I want it. I want, I want to do that. Can I tell you, God has something great for every one of us. And it's coming soon. God has something for Westover. God has something for you. And it's coming soon. And that's what I want to share with you. In part two of this, I want to speak this evening on the subject, uh, don't stop now. Don't stop now. The word mediocre, mediocrity, I know what you know. I say, oh, that means so-so, not, not real great, not real bad. That, that's right. That's, that's the meaning of the word. But if you look in the dictionary, the word mediocre literally means, and it still carries that meaning today, going halfway up the mountain. Going halfway up the mountain. There are some of us who are going to go halfway up the will of God. Some of us are going to only go halfway up the purpose of God. You're just going to get about $3 worth of God, just enough to kind of soothe the ills and the pains of life, but never experience God's best. It's coming soon. You and I can step in it. No, no, no one enters college and says, you know what, I'm going to take two-thirds of the geometry class, and then I'm going to drop out. <laughs> you, you, you enroll in it to finish it. No one takes music lessons to learn to play the piano with one hand. No, you, you learn to play with, with both hands. No one goes down to the gym and says, I'm only going to exercise one part of my body. I'm just going to exercise this arm and let this arm, you know, it's going to be limp and skinny and this arm is going to kind of buff up and it's going to be sculptured. No, I, I'm going to get on the treadmill with one foot, you know, just I'm going to. I'm going to do, no, you go all the way. But when it comes to spiritual life, many of us, many of us have not gone all the way. And I'm here to encourage us, don't stop now, get everything that God has. Some of us will say, you know what, just some of it. I just want a little bit of God. I'm only going to obey the commandments that are even numbers. You know, the two, four, six, eight, and ten commandments. I'm, I'm going to, if I could just get the ones, the even number ones, I, that, that's, that's just enough work for me to go through. God has more. Don't stop now. My wife, Denise, uh, she cooks a, a dish, and I, I, it's one of my favorite dishes. I love this dish. She will take chicken, roast chicken, and she, she will cook rice, and then she'll put the chicken on the rice, a bed of rice. Are you with me? And then, and then she makes this mushroom gravy. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But when it comes to gravy over the chicken and rice, don't use a, a teaspoon with me. Are you tracking I want my gravy in biblical proportions. <laughs> Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Are you with me? Yeah. 
Rise, my chicken. I don't want to see rice. I don't want to see any rice. Get it all over. All over. You know what I'm talking about? Same thing with pancakes. I, I don't want that little plastic thing of, of, of uh, syrup on top. I want it running over. I want it swimming in, in syrup. Are you with me? You know what I mean? I, I don't want just a little bit of it. I, I want to... I want to taste it. I want it all the way. And some of us, we haven't gone all the way. Indecision, uncertainty. <clears throat> some of us, maybe even a lack of commitment. We've half-hearted. We've gone halfway up the mountain. We have accepted good enough. And good enough turned out to be no good at all. God has more. God wants more. You've come to faith in Christ. I celebrate that. Don't just get making new, get making new and making great. Go all the way up. Get everything God has for you. And I'm here to invite you to don't stop now. As you go into the new year, as you move forward in God's purpose in your life, don't stop now. With that in mind, I want you to go with me to the book of Joshua chapter number 3. Let me set the scene if I can. The scene before us is God's people. Now they have come out of Egypt under deliverance under Moses. They could have received the promised land because of disobedience just like you and I. God said, you're not ready for this. I got to purge some stuff out of your life. So they spent 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness. And God says, now you're ready. Moses is not going to go into the promised land Joshua is. That brings us to Joshua chapter 3. Last week we talked about the Lord gave Joshua a word. He says, and tomorrow God will do wonders among you. Remember we talked about ask for tomorrow. That was last week. We're going to continue the same discussion in Scripture. And we're going to talk about don't stop now. The verses we're going to read are actually where they enter the promised land. With you, we're going to the Holy Land with us as we'll go in March of 2019. When we go, we take people to the actual location where this happens. It's been, it's been identified. We walk up to it, and we have, they have identified the location where God's people entered the Promised Land. So with that in mind, Joshua chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. The Lord said to Joshua, today, now last week we talked about tomorrow, but now tomorrow has become today. Tomorrow, excuse me, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that you may know that I am the one with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's water, go in and stand in the river. Let's continue, verse number 14. Let's, let's, tie, let's tie this narrative together. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Note that. The Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. I'll come back to that at the close. Let's continue verse number 15. Yet as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the waters upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap 
a great distance away at the town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water's flowing down to the Dead Sea at Erebath, which is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over the opposite Jordan. The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all of well, well, all Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. This is the account of them moving in. And my, my thought to us as we prepare for what God has for us in our future is don't stop now. Now, there are many insights from Scripture we can exact from, we can kind of pull out, we can kind of mine from this. But there are four that just seem to resonate with my spirit and I want to share them with you and they're right out of the text and I think tonight God has a word God has a prophetic word for people there's some of us we're going to get spiritual clarity in our life tonight because God's going to give you a clear prophetic word of what's coming soon in your life the first thing I want to share with you is something separates you from God's assignment every one of us Something separates us from God's assignment. I want you to notice verse number 15. Now the Jordan is at the flood stage all during harvest. They walk up to the Jordan River and it's at flood stage. This is the harvest time. It's impassable. The water is rushing. Sometimes we have flash floods here and you'll see it. But Guadalupe and you'll see it coming down. They'll tell people, get away. Don't step in it. Don't swim. Don't get around it. Because if you step in, it'll just wash you away. That's the image that you have right here. And it's at flood stage. It's at an impassable moment. It's at a challenging, could I say, an impossible moment. An impossible moment, the promised land, when God says today you're going to go in, it feels like it's out of reach. And it's easy to stop here and say, God, I will when you you dry it up, God. When you fix this, understand there's always something that separates you from God's assignment. Now, Now, I know what Romans 8 says. Nothing separates us from the love of God. I'm not disagreeing with that. Nothing separates us from the love of God, but something can separate you from the assignment of God. God's love will always be with you. God's love will never forsake us. Nothing separates us from the love of God, but something can separate us from the assignment of God. Disobedience can separate us from God's blessings, but nothing separates us from God's love. What I'm talking about... Every one of us, is there something separating you from God's assignment right now? Is there a degree you never finish and you know God said to do it? You know God led you to do that degree. Is there an uninitiated plan? Is there something you know God spoke in your life? You need to implement, you need to start, you need to put into practice, you need to follow God, and you put it off and you put it off and you put it off and you haven't followed through with it? Is there a step you've ignored? You knew that there was a step one, a step two, a step three, and a step four, and you skipped step two. You said, you know, it's not that important. My, my best friend at work doesn't do it. I go to somebody in school, and they say their church says you don't have to do that anymore. So I'm going to skip that step two, whatever it is, and I'm going to go one, three, and four. 
Is it that step we've skipped that is separating us from God's assignment? Do you know that in the early, in the early 20th century, 2000, excuse me, uh, 1905, about 1911, there, uh, two, about 10, 11 years there, they were building the, the Panama Canal so that there would be a, a close and an easy access from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean because they used to have to go all the way down to south, around South America and up, all the ships. But if they could, if they could just cut a canal at the narrow place in the, at Panama, then ships could move from one to the other. And they did. Do you know in the construction of the Panama Canal, 5,600 people, over 5,600 people died? Pastor, what did they die of? Were there, were there warring tribes that say, don't, don't disturb the land? It was, it was, a, were, were there, was there conflict? Was there, was there issues? No, it wasn't that. Oh, it must have been, it must have been dangerous machinery. And, and it was at a time when they didn't have the safety, they didn't have OSHA, and, and people were killed because of accidents. No, no. The, the most treacherous enemy they faced was mosquitoes. They began the construction, and because of mosquitoes, malaria, workers would get sick and die, and disease was happening. And, and the, the mosquito slowed down the process of building the Panama Canal. It was the little thing. Something can separate you. Something that you don't think is big, something you don't think is significant. Someone said, man stumbles not on mountain talls, but molehills cause him to fall. We miss the boulders and the rocks, but grains of sand become stumbling blocks. Here's the lesson for us all on little things. We rise or fall. The little things. And some of us, something separating us from God's assignment. You say, it could be that. It could be this. That's so small. That's so incidental. It has to be much it has to be much more significant than that. There is something. And they came to the point of which the Jordan River was at flood stage. For every one of us, something can separate us from God's assignment. You'll discover in life the enemy will make it easy for you to go the wrong way. You determine, God's called me, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to become this, I'm going to get a degree in that, I'm going to be this, we're going to get married, we're going to do our family this, we're going to raise our kids, we're going to keep our kids this, we're going to honor God, we're going to do this. And all of a sudden, the enemy will make it easy for us to fail. The enemy wants us to bond with the wrong people. The enemy wants us to find the wrong answers, the wrong solutions, go down the wrong path, take the wrong advice. The enemy will always make sure there's somebody telling you you don't have to do it God's way. You don't have to follow God's word. Do it a different way. Something will always be there to separate us from God's assignment. And it was true of the Israelites. I tell you, some of us, we're raising, we're living in a family and we're raising kids right now. And society and culture is training us to do it the wrong way. Yes. Our opinions, how we feel about it, we self-discover and, and we choose what we want to we do. And our value systems and our opinion is here and God's word is down here. 
and we don't let God's word speak to our values. We let our values speak to God's word. Instead of reading out of Scripture, we read into Scripture. We don't read Scripture and say, wow, that's God's Word. I need to change the way I live. We read and say, I just don't believe it that way. That's the day in which we're at. And that separates us from God's assignment. Can I tell you one of the things we're doing in 2018? Our theme for next year is Stronger Families. You're going to hear it preached. You're going to hear it spoken. You're going to hear it prayed. You're going to have every opportunity to strengthen your family, to strengthen your children's life, to strengthen yourself as a parent, to strengthen your home, to strengthen the things that God from our Strong Family Conference. All We're going to speak it. We're going to, we're going to encourage it. You're going to hear it over and over again because the family, Satan, has made it a target to destroy homes today. Don't let that become a source or a division between you and God's assignment, doing it the way culture says to do it. Number two, number two, from God's Word. Every dream, and I would even insert in this, not only a dream, but a goal. Every dream, every goal faces a make-or-break decision. You have a God-sized dream, you're going to have a make-or-break decision. You believe God's bringing somebody in your life, you're going to have a make-or-break decision. You believe God's leading you in a career path to start a business, there will be a make-or-break decision. Every dream God gives, there will be a make-or-break decision that will come into our life. Notice verse number 14. So the people broke camp to cross the Jordan. The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. What I want you to see is, they were camping there. I mean, there was, they'd settled down. I mean, they were, they were comfortable. And God says, we're going to go. At flood stage? At flood stage? At flood stage? Sometimes we miss the will of God because God gives us a challenge that doesn't match the circumstances we believe God should give. You want me to give an offering and it's not even payday? You want me to apologize and I'm not the one that, he was the knucklehead, not me. You, you want me to work harder and now the other employees are not. You want me to go out, you want me to do their work, God, and, and, and they're loving off, God. You, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. You want me to take on this challenge? I'm busy right now. And we'll begin to tell God how our schedule is and what we've done and how we begin. At this time, and God says, break camp. At this time, God, at this, this is not the likely, this is not the time. God, have you ever given God advice? God, what you don't know is that, this and this. Have you ever prayed and gave God a list? God, what you need to know is this, this, this. I, sometimes I will pray a three-point prayer on how God can fix things. How God, what God needs to do in the next 30 or 60 days. And I'm, I'm giving God advice here. Wow. Well, we all do that. Every dream faces a make or break decision. And there's a time you have to break camp. There's a time you have to break camp. You have to move on or you have to move beyond. Is God telling you to move on or move beyond? Move beyond your past Oh, I've been raised this way. I've been always taught. I've always believed it. I've always thought. You know, I, I, the, the, the home life's not going too good. But I always believe that a husband should and a wife shouldn't. 
That's the way I was raised. My mom didn't do it and dad did. That's the way, that's the way it ought to be done. Do you have to move beyond your past? Do you have to move beyond your pain? Yeah. Can I tell you, you stay in church long, somebody will hurt you. Yeah, somebody hurts you. People will go to church, get hurt in church and say, you know what? I'm going to spend the next 20 years getting over it. Yeah, yeah. They go to a restaurant and they get bad food. They'll go back next week. Yeah. They, they, buy, they buy a TV and it, it wasn't very good. And guess what? They'll just buy a different brand and buy a bigger one next time. They buy a lemon car. Guess what? They trade it in and get another car. But when it comes to church, if they ever have a bad experience, I'm going to spend 20 years getting over it. Yeah. Do you have to move beyond it? Move beyond your pain? Move beyond your pleasures? Some of us, our pleasures override God's purposes. Yeah, you, you know to do, but if one phone call comes, one text message comes, somebody posts, guess what, God? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll fulfill the promise next month. God, I'll stop that next time. But all my friends are doing it right now, and we acquiesce. And sometimes we have to move beyond our preferences. We have to move beyond what we prefer. It requires a decision, a make-or-break decision. And you know what? Non-decision is a decision. And some of us, that's what we've got into. Well, we're not going to decide, but that's a decision. When you do not decide, you have decided to do nothing. You've gone halfway up the mountain. Mediocre. And I'm here to say, don't stop now. Don't stop now. There'll be a place and a time in your life you have to just break camp and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. Don't stay in the land of not sure. I'm not sure if I will. You're going to go to not sure. You're going to finish school. Well, I'm not sure. You're going to read that book. Well, I'm not sure. Are you going to stay in church? Well, I'm not sure. Are you going to stay married? Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you, they're not sure. There may be ites. I mean, they're just, maybe, maybe there comes a time for a make or break decision. Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm in this. Is God talking to you about crossing over, breaking camp? Is God saying there's something you have to stop and walk away from, break camp? Is there a make, make or break decision? God, you know God is saying, I, I, you just got to do it and move beyond it. Yes. Number three, <clears throat> doing something different activates God's future for you. Doing something different activates God's future for us. We want to activate God. You want something coming. You want God's best, part, God's purpose. We all do want it coming. Then we sometimes have to do something different. Notice verse number 8. Here's what the Lord said. Tell the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan. Okay, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They're going with it. The priests are. Get the picture. All of Israel's back here. The Ark leads the way. Inside the Ark is the Ten Commandments. Uh, and they're carrying that. And they're moving. They're moving in. And the Ark goes before them. And the Lord says that when you reach the edge of the Jordan water, it's at flood stage, go and stand in the river. Hold on a minute. (laughs) Hold on a minute. 
That's different than the way God did it last time. You know when they came to the Red Sea, you remember that Moses? You remember the story? Moses brought Israel up to the Red Sea and he stood there and he said, stand still. Don't step in. Don't even go near the water. Stand still and watch the salvation of God. And the Bible says, and God blew from his nostrils and the water parted and they walked through on dry ground. But this time, God does it different. This time, it's different. When they reach the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant, you go stand in the water. Go get in the water. Sometimes doing it different makes the difference. If you're caught and embroiled in a deadlock of marriage, then do it different. If you've been having the same discussions and the same debate and the same argument with your kids for the last two years, do it different. Sometimes it requires us to do something different. We can get caught in patterns. Yeah. We can get caught in patterns. Don't raise your hand. How many of you sit at the same place at the dinner table you have for the last five years plus? Don't raise your hands. Yeah. Yeah. We get caught. We just we get caught in the habit, can't we? We just is there a certain glass you got to have? That's my glass. Yeah. That's my coffee cup. That's my that's my we get caught in. We can get caught in this habit. Doing something different activates God's future for us. What is God saying do? Let me just give us some practical advice. If you're in a second marriage, don't do it like the first marriage. That marriage failed. And I've seen people, well, that marriage failed, and I, it was her. And they go in and they do the marriage the same way, and that marriage gets in trouble. Yeah. They, they don't like a job, so they go to another job, but they act the same way and be the same person and have the same attitude and wonder why nine months later they're having the same problems on that job. God brings them at a point and they're having trouble in their life and they're at a dilemma. They cry out to the Lord. God comes in and rescues, but they go back to the same pattern and the same faulty decision-making that got them in trouble in the first place. It's time to do things different. And I've discovered in my life, if God ever calls me to do something different, it's never less. It's never less. I I can never remember a time when God spoke to my spirit. God dealt with me and he said, you know what? Just do less. You know, care less, give less, do less. Care less love less, forgive less, understand less, be less patient, be, be less understanding, be less gentle, be less. God, God never gives me the less. I wish he would. I wish he would. But every time God steps in and I do it different, God's always saying the difference is sometimes more. More. In order for it to be different, we have to do something different. And for just a moment, for just a moment, can I have the hearts of the men here? Can I have the hearts of the men? Guys, go into 2018 say, so I'm going to do it different. Yes. In 2018, as I did this year, the first Wednesday of every month, I call it a gathering of men. 
first Wednesday, starting in February. Won't be in January because I'm going to be in Africa in January. But starting in February, the first Wednesday of every month, we're going to be meeting in a separate room, and I call it a gathering of men. We meet with men. We speak into men. I want to, I want to speak and, 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 and prompt your heart. I want to prompt your heart to follow God. I want you to prompt your heart to say, God, I'm going to go after you with passion. I'm going to prompt your heart to become different. I want to prompt your heart so you can be discipled in the things of God and God ingrained in your life, his heart and his nature and his character. And young men in here, young men in here, how about it, men? How about it? How about going on a spiritual journey? There is no move of God without men of God. And the church needs men of God that will stand up and say, you can count me in it. How about it, young men? How about it, young generation? How about it, young adults? I spoke to the young adult leaders just the other day. I said, young adults, I want to deputize you not to just come to church, but be leaders in the church. It's time that the young adult generation just step into leadership and take the helm in the church and become all that God wants them to be. The Holy Spirit has empowered you for such an hour as this. How about it, young men? How about going on a journey with me in 2018? If you want the year to be different, be willing to do it differently. And here it is. God says, I'm going to do something. And what happens? He did it different. This is the day I'm going to exalt you. This is the day I'm going to do wonders among you. But then God says, this time, the water won't part before you step in. When you get to the water's edge, step in. Do it different. Do it different. Some of you are saying, well, when they do it different, when the church, no, you do it different. Let God, let God bring you into a new moment. And number four, number four, and then here it is. Take the next step and God will clear the path. Take the next step. Young adults, take the next step. Young parents, take the next step. Adults, take the next step. Take the next step and God will clear your path. Verse number 15 and 16. And remember, what time is it? It's, it's at harvest time and we're looking at the Jordan during a time of flood. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water, notice this, the water upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap like a, a great distance away. I was caught by this. You step into the Jordan carrying the ark. And guess what you'd think? Right here, it's going to peel back and God's going to build a sidewalk right there. Right there. I mean, I can just, you know, I can just see that, you know, just right there. No, what happens to us, it doesn't start here. It starts upstream. Did you notice this? You step in here and God works upstream. Make a commitment to God and see what he'll do upstream in your job. Make a commitment to God and see what God will do upstream in your, in, in your finances. Make a commitment to God and see what God will do upstream in your career. God has something much bigger than we have in mind. We always see a sidewalk and God sees a freeway. God has something bigger in mind. 
We think, God, if I just, just we we're always wanting just a little. God has a making great moment for you. You do something for God, and God begins to work upstream, and it's piled up down there, and then it flowed down, and God didn't create just a path. God created a whole pathway. God created acres of time for them to move past and move into what God had for them. Wow. Wow. Could God... If you obey God, could God, could God elevate you two or three positions in one promotion? Yes, He can do it. Absolutely. Could God exponentially pay something up? Absolutely. Could God spring for you, spring you forward in several steps? Absolutely. If you do this, could God heal this, heal that, and heal them? Absolutely. We, we're, we're sometimes wanting a sidewalk blessing. And God says, I, I, I want to do a, a four-lane freeway blessing in your life. Yes. Take the step, the next step, and God will clear the path. I had a lady, bless her heart, she, she, Sunday she grabbed me, spoke to me right here. And she came and she said, Pastor, Pastor, changing my life this church is changing my life she said i watch you every weekend on live stream i'm not sure she's ever been in church before she she was in service she said i watch you know what she did she took one step she started watching it on live stream and now she's in church right here just start i had a couple this past weekend they wake up they say pastor pastor jim i'm thinking i don't know if i've ever met these folks before I don't know. They didn't look for me. said, we live in Hawaii. We watch you every weekend. We're coming to the United States. We said, we just had to come and visit this church because we watch you every week. I said, wow. What God is doing. Can I tell you, God can, God can just take some stuff and put it up. You know what? God can, you think you're being used by your boss? You think you're being used by, by, by your supervisor? God can work it out where you're the one stuck there doing it all alone. And you file the report or the, or the head regional manager walks in and notices you when everybody else is gone. Sees your name on. Wants to know who cleaned up this mess. Your name gets mentioned. And then you're tapped on the shoulder nine months from now. And guess what? Everybody that, that was looking down on you is looking up to you. Yeah. God can promote you. God can do some amazing things in our life. But it's at flood stage. You remember that verse number 15? It's at flood stage. It's at flood stage. Wow. God, couldn't you have done it when it was just a little trinkle going across there? You know, what, what, why do you have to challenge my faith? And put it at flood stage. Why do you ask me to give an offering when things are tight? Why do you want me? Why do I have to work um, around the the honoriest person? You don't understand, God. My boss is like the Incredible Hulk. You do one thing, and he just becomes this green, ugly gorilla. His temper goes up, and he makes a. Why do? Why? Why do I always have the Incredible Hulk in my work area? Why? Why do I always have? these issues to deal with why, why is it at flood stage i'll tell you why it's at flood stage and catch this catch this your decision brings provision you know why why flood stage because 
Notice what it said again in verse 14. During flood stage at harvest time. God said, God said, I can part the water, but I want to make sure there's enough green grass and grain out there for these people to eat on. What they saw was a problem was God's provision. What you see as a problem is God's provision. The thing that is stopping you shouldn't stop you because God sees green grass on the other side. God has grain for you to feed, for you to be blessed, for your kids, for the cattle, for the oxen, for the sheep. God has everything in place. If you'll just cross over, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Move forward with what God has. Don't hold back. God has something good for you. With that in mind, I'm going to segue real quickly, and I want to share with you something that we're going to do in 2018. I'm going to invite the Rioses to join me. I want to introduce to you a new staff pastor we have put on our team, and this is Pastor James Rios. Come on out here. And his wife, Beverly. Pastor James is joining our staff January 1. They've been a part of our church family uh, for some time, and they have other family in the church. But Pastor James has taken over our life group ministry, and uh, Beverly, just we're, and Pastor James, we're just honored to have you guys a part of our team and what you're doing. And what, Take a moment and introduce yourselves and what God's going to do for us through life group ministry in 2018. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Uh, my, again, my name is James Rios. This is my wife, Beverly, and I'll let her talk a few minutes before I do because sometimes I get a little long-winded, so I'll let her go for it. Well, I am Beverly, and I just wanted to say we're honored and we're blessed yes. to serve. Um, just to tell a little bit about us, it, we've been married almost 19 years, and we have five kids. Yes. Uh, we got started pretty right away. Our oldest is... 17. She's a senior, so we're dealing with that. And then um, we have a junior who's 16, and then 8th grade, <laughs> 13, and then 6th grade, 11, and a 4th grader who's 9. So we have four girls and a boy. He came at the end. He's kind of our exclamation mark. Uh, well, that's <laughs> the way I say it. I say we're finished. So anyways, just want to say we're honored. We love our church. We love all of you, and we can't wait to connect with you. Amen. Yeah, and like Bev said, um, we're, um, we're, we're very excited just to be here with you guys. Uh, Pastor Ryan uh, asked us to, to help uh, lead the, the life group ministry, and we're so excited. And the life group ministry is, is just very, very simple. Um, the purpose of life group ministry is just growing together. Um, I remember as a kid when I got saved at five years old, and I remember um, going through those childhood years, and nothing was more important than the groups I was in, whether it was in kids' ministry. Uh, back in the day, they had Royal Rangers being part of that, uh, being, going through the youth ministry and drama ministry and everything like that. And that made growing up very easy. But sometimes we tend to stop as adults thinking that we need friends. And once we hit that adult mark, um, I joined the fire department, and um, it's a lot of people say it's very difficult being a believer in the fire department, and it is. But what made it sustainable and what kept strengthening our family was the friends that we had outside, um, outside the fire department, but in the church. And, and we've been in church all our lives. But the friends that, that, that we, 
we built, the friendships we built, the, 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 the people that, that were in our lives that helped us with our kids. Um, our theme is strong faith, build strong families. Um, there's no better way to build a strong family than to partner with another family and in a life group and continue to grow together, grow spiritually, grow in friendships. And that's, that's God's intention for us. God does not want us to go through life alone. As Pastor Ryan has been, been talking about tonight, life is hard. Life is very hard, and sometimes we think we can handle it, but God has given us gifts, and all through this church, if you look around, there's gifts in each and every one of us that God has given us to help us through those times that are hard. Uh, Life is hard, and we need friends. Um, Just because you're an adult doesn't mean friendships stop. We need those friends to help us carry through life. We need those friends to help us continue to continue on to the faith, to take those next steps. And we're very thankful and we're honored to be here. So uh, we, we look forward to growing with you, to growing together and just fulfilling the purpose of life groups. Like, it, like Pastor said, it's, we're here to grow together, grow together spiritually and relationally. And we love you guys. We look forward to meeting each and every one of you, if that's even possible. But we will make it possible. We will find a way to meet y'all. And, and we look forward to serving you. Thank Amen. you very much. Pastor James and Beverly again are joining our staff starting the first of the year, and we're going to have uh, training for life group leaders every month. And right now, I, I believe there are several persons, adults, that are God speaking to you about leading a life group. It could be one at work. It could be at a coffee shop, a restaurant. It could be at the library. It could be in your home. It could be in your apartment. It, it, perhaps you lead it and it's hosted by, by a friend you have. You could partner with another family or another individual and have a life group of, of 6, 8, 10, 12 people that meet together on a regular basis to encourage each other. I, I, we, we pastor this church, Denise and I, we have a life group. Our life group meets this coming Sunday night once a month. They meet in our home and we share together, we pray together, we've grown together We've cried together uh, at times when there's just been times of sharing. I, I, I lead a men's group, a men's life group as well every month. We believe in that because it's a way we encourage one another. And you could be a life group leader, and we want you connected in a life group. Life groups meet at least once a month, once a month for for. Uh, at least an hour, no longer than a couple hours of sharing together. Sometimes they meet an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, no more than two hours, but getting together, encouraging each other. We can help you. We want to help and encourage you to find a life group and find a place to belong because God wants you and I to become something better. And you've started coming to Westover. Here's what I want to say. Don't stop now. Don't stop with just coming connect pastor james and beverly they have a heart for this we've been in conversation for months about this he he stepped out of his employment with the fire department he feels like he's called of god called of god to this church called of god to pastor people that god put in his heart and you're welcome to talk to him you're going to start seeing a lot of them and hearing a lot of from them but you can be, and we want you, we want everybody connected. We want you growing, encourage, meeting people so your heart is strengthened in the things of God. And I invite you, get connected. 
find that place to belong. Go on that journey with us. That 2018, we're building stronger hearts, stronger families, stronger believers, strengthening our faith in the Lord. Would you stand and, and we're going to pray together and I'm going to ask Pastor James to just begin to join, join us right now if he'll take the microphone. And I'm going to invite you. Would you pray over? Would you pray over families that need to get connected? And maybe you're one of them. You can talk to Pastor James and Beverly right after service. But Pastor James, dismiss us, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this, this wonderful message that, that, that we heard from Pastor Ryan, the Lord. We just, we just don't want to stop. We want to keep going. And God, in, in the life that you've given us, Father, we want to reach all that it is that you have purposed in, in our hearts, God, the plan that you have for us. God, the plan for each individual young adult, for each, for each man, for each woman, for each family. God, you're, you have something special planned and something purposed for each family that is here. And God, I pray today, Lord God, that, they would, that something would begin to stir in their heart, that your spirit would begin to lead them and to guide them, Lord God, that your spirit would begin just to, just to, just to encourage them. God, empower them to know that, that, that there are people that need them, that pe- there's people that need to hear their story, that there's something that you've put, th- put in their heart and, and helped them endure in their life that someone else needs to hear. Father, I pray that right now that your spirit would, would, would hover over in this place, that it would fill each and every person here, Father God, and begin to speak to them, begin to encourage them, begin to lead them in the direction that you want them to go for this coming year. Father, we must do something different. And if, it, and if it's being in a life group that's different, God, we say join a life group because we're here to grow together. We're here to grow spiritually, to build friendships, to have fun and enjoy the life that you've intended us to live, Father. And God, I pray that you again would continue to strengthen families God, begin to put a dream, to put a burden, to put a vision within people's minds and hearts, God, and that they would take that step and be obedient and say yes to the call that you have for them, God. The, a great, one of the greatest signs of love is obedience to what you have called us to do, Father, and I pray that we would do that, that we would obey your word, that we would follow your leading, and most importantly, that we would always bask in the wonder of your presence, Lord God, and just enjoying this life that you've given us, God. May we grow together. May we continue just to be passionate about your purposes, God, and we just ask that you be with these families, God, as we look towards a new and a wonderful year. In your wonderful name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.